What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today we are going over the Cincinnati Bengals. Not too difficult of a projection, to be honest, because other than bringing out some games where certain people were playing and certain people weren't, this team is straightforward and pretty much the same team they've been for the past two years. So that's what makes it a little bit easier doing the Bengals and makes me a little bit more confident in these projections. So let's get into it. The offensive line for the Bengals, they added offensive tackle Orlando Brown for four year $64 million deal. This is a huge addition to the Bengals who have been struggling at offensive line for a while. They've been since last year, finally started making all these additions, all these moves. Here's another one with the addition of Orlando Brown. I like it a lot. I'm very excited for Joe Burrow. Very very excited just for the team as a whole. The Bengals have always been somebody I've been kind of rooting for a little bit. And until Burrow gets his ring, I'm going to continue rooting for them. So that's what we got at the offensive line. So obviously an upgrade there. Then we've got skill positions to look at. They lost running back Samaje Pirine. They added running back Chase Brown in round six. I'm bringing him up because I think he's a good running back dart throw. He's athletic. He's got some good tape out there from college. I liked Chase Brown enough to have him. I think he was like my RB7 in running back rankings for the draft class. Now he did go in round six, so not much of an investment there, but he could possibly be the backup. He might end up beating out Travion Williams, who had some like a brief like week or two worth of hype, and then now it's kind of just subsided. But between Chase Brown and Travion Williams, one of those two guys is going to be the backup, unless something changes and they sign Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt or one of these free agents that are still available, Zeke. But right now, that's that's somebody who could easily end up being the guy who comes in and plays and produces like P. Ryan did last year if Mixon gets hurt or something happens with Mixon. So he's a good running back dart throw. I like him in redraft. If you are trying to just find some running backs at the very end of the draft or really just off the waiver wire, Chase Brown is one of them you should be looking at, and he's a good draft and stash in Dynasty. Then they also added wide receiver Charlie Jones in round four. He's also a good draft and stash. Not really for redraft. You don't really have any purpose to have him there, but he could end up taking over the Tyler Boyd role, or if T. Higgins leaves, he could be the number three wide receiver with Tyler Boyd being the number two, because T. Higgins is a free agent after this year. So Charlie Jones, he's an interesting wide receiver to draft and stash at the end of your drafts in Dynasty. And then they lost tight end Hayden Hurst. They added tight end Irv Smith for a two-year or for a two million dollar deal, only one year. And that's pretty much it. That's all the changes that we had. Nothing super significant other than losing, in my opinion, Hayden Hurst. That's the, that's the biggest significant thing because Hayden Hurst was getting a decent amount of targets and he was hurting Tyler Boyd and what Tyler Boyd used to be because of the fact that Hayden Hurst and Samaj P. Ryan, both of them actually, were 
hurting Boyd. So Boyd might be a little bit better now with those two guys gone because they didn't really replace them with guys of equal talent. So the, there's going to be some extra targets to go around to somebody else. I think that's going to go back to Boyd. And then let's look at the defense. They lost safety Jesse Bates. They lost safety Von Bell. They apparently look like they're losing cornerback Eli Apple. He remains unsigned. So that's, so that's some big losses there. And I think they try to make up for that in the draft. That's why they added safety Jordan Battle in round three, added cornerback DJ Turner in round two, and they also added a defensive lineman, defensive end, Miles Murphy in round one. So they had a lot of losses on the defense, but looks like they're focusing on fixing up that defense in the draft. So I don't know really if they're going to be much worse. We'll see how these rookies impact the team. And then in 2022, because there's no coaching changes, in 2022, Last year, the Bengals had 1,009 plays. They passed the ball 60% of the time, ran the ball 40% of the time. They had 610 passes, 399 runs, 35 passing touchdowns, and 14 rushing touchdowns for a total of 49 touchdowns. They are one of the best offenses in the NFL. And in 2021, they were even better. 2021, they had 991 plays, passed the ball 56% of the time, ran the ball 44% of the time, obviously. And they had 53 touchdowns. 16 of them were rushing. The rest was passing. They had 53 touchdowns. They were even better as an offense than they were last year. That was in Jamar Chase's rookie year. Now, this offense is showing to me. They're pretty consistent. They're pretty reliable. I'm projecting a similar play count to what they've been doing. I'm giving them 1,020 plays. 60% pass rate. And I'm giving them a 60% pass rate. Although they had 56% and 21 and 60 last year. I'm giving them the 60% for a couple things. One, Joe Mixon is in question. His health and like how good is he going to be and all that stuff, he's getting older. That's a little bit of a question all of a sudden. Also, all this stuff swirling around, oh, he, what if he gets a suspension? All that stuff. They thought he was, a lot of people expected Mixon to get cut by the Bengals. All that stuff leaves a lot, like a dark cloud over the running back room, and it gets even worse because P. Ryan's gone, and the person that they brought in to replace him is a sixth-round running back. So we don't really have a very good, reliable, like, trust. We can't have trust in this backfield to play a significant enough of a role to impact what they did compared to last year. Because if they only ran the ball 40% of the time last year, and now Mixon's in question, and they lost Samaj P. Ryan, we can't just be like, oh yeah, they're going to run you know, 40, 45% of the time this year, because they want to run the ball more, or something like that. You can't really do that. And their moves are not really suggestive to that either. And they continue to play in the AFC East, which is loaded with offenses that are high-flying, with great young quarterbacks, and they're going to continue to just be trying to pass and beat out these teams with their offense. So... I'm giving them 1,020 plays, 60% pass rate, just like last year. Also, they have Chase hopefully healthy for a full season this year. Last year, he missed four games, and the offense was different when Chase was not on the field. Well, if he's there the whole time, that's also even more um, incentive to pass the ball. So that's why I'm keeping their 60% pass rate. And the offense probably gets a little bit better because last year they took a slight step down. I think they're going to go back up. With, like I said, Chase not missing any time, all the young guys just maturing together, Joe Burrow just getting a little bit better, T. Higgins getting a little bit better, because these guys are all so young. Like, this is one of the best offenses in the league, and they're a very young offense. So, I'm projecting 52 touchdowns for this offense. After 
you know, all my projections and everything, it came out to 37 passing touchdowns, 15 rushing touchdowns, and that's how I got to 52. So let's talk about Joe Burrow. Like we've already mentioned a couple times, Jamar Chase missed four games in the middle of the season. During this time when Chase was out, Joe Burrow had 19 points per game. When Jamar Chase came back, Joe Burrow had 22.8 points per game. That's almost a full four points per game swing. That's a positive. We're also adding offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Offensive line is going to get better. Natural maturation is going to be seen between Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. So those three factors, a healthy chase, all the young guys maturing together, and having an offensive tackle that's very good in Orlando Brown. All three of those things are going to help Joe Burrow improve. Last year's numbers for him were down from his year when Chase was a rookie. In 2021, and they had a better offense, Joe Burrow's numbers were much better than they were last year. Now, I think the numbers are going to improve from last from last year. Now, they might not be as good, as efficient as 2021, but they are going to get better. And so I'm projecting for Joe Burrow to have a 69% completion rate above 68 last year, 11.6 yards per reception above 10.8 last year, and his yards per attempt sitting at about 8 yards per attempt this year. He had 7.4 yards per attempt last year. The average yards per attempt for a quarterback right now in the NFL is between 7.1 and 7.4. He is a quarterback that is far above average, and he has far above average weapons. So his yards per attempt will be far above average. I'm giving him 8. He had 8.9 yards per attempt in 2021. He could very easily go back up to 8.5, 8.6, all the way up to maybe 9 flat yards per attempt. I'm only giving him 8. So we have... Much, like a lot of room for him to, to outperform my projection, as is the case for pretty much every player, because I usually project their mean, or what I believe their mean is. I'm giving Joe Burrow a 6% touchdown rate. He had 5.8 last year. And that's going to bring him out to 612 passes, 422 completions, 4,898 passing yards, 37 touchdowns. Not anything crazy here in terms of like projecting right? I'm pretty much, he's been consistent. I'm pretty much kind of just going with the flow for Joe Burrow and his efficiency metrics. The biggest thing that you have to decide when you're pulling a projection like that is touchdown rate and how many times the team's going to pass the ball. Outside of those two things, you don't have to get too worried about, oh, well, what if my efficiency's way off? Sometimes efficiency, you're just not going to be able to predict it. Sometimes a quarterback has a, uh, just a poor year compared to their average. Sometimes they have an amazing year compared to their average. So, Joe Burrow, I have him improving because of all the things we talked about. And I don't have, I'm not projecting like a crazy improvement, but a lot of times that's what you see. So he could definitely do better than what I have him projected for. Also, we have to talk about his rushing, right? His rushing has improved just like I projected. If you guys remember, after his ACL tear recovery, after the first year that he recovered from his ACL, since then his rushing has gotten better back to that like 250 rushing yard range last year he had 75 carries for 257 yards and five rushing touchdowns so i'm projecting 75 carries again 250 yards pretty much the same and four rushing touchdowns i think he's going to pass a little bit more so you know that's basically just in line of last year that's going to help him that gives him you know a decent floor makes him a little bit more reliable a little bit more consistent a little bit better and Overall, I think he's going to count for the team for 41 of their 52 touchdowns between rushing and obviously passing. That's 23 points per game for me. He is my quarterback six. He's behind Lamar Jackson and Jamar, 
or sorry, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. He is safer than both of them, though. He has shown, because of how good of a passer he is and the weapons he has and how much they like to pass the ball, he is much safer than Fields and Lamar. Lamar is not as safe as Burrow, only for the sheer fact that Lamar and all of his weapons have a high injury risk. That's the only reason Lamar is not as safe. If, if you give me health, Lamar is safer and has a higher ceiling than Joe Burrow. Justin Fields is riskier because we haven't seen him do it as a passer, and his situation is not nearly as good as Lamar's. That's kind of the difference there. So Joe Burrow, if you want safety, you can grab him. However, I prefer Lamar and Fields because of their upside with the rushing and all that stuff. Now, it's not like a huge difference, but at value, I prefer those quarterbacks because Joe Burrow is going ahead of them. So now let's talk about Joe Mixon. And just, just so we're clear, Joe Burrow is in the same tier as those guys. There's a big, as of right now, I didn't do Mahomes and Allen yet, but Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, all of these guys are in the same exact tier for me. So usually when I have people in the same tier, I like taking the ones with the lowest ADP. As long as, you know, they still have good upside, which is Lamar and Fields, which obviously they have amazing upside. Let's talk about Joe Mixon. Running backs last year got a 21% target share. Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan split it pretty evenly. Joe Mixon had about 14% of the targets in his games, but over the course of the season, they split pretty evenly. Now, if we're just, like I said, just looking at Mixon's games where he was healthy and all that stuff, he had about 14% of the targets. If he returns, they probably run him into the ground. It's probably going to be his last year. They probably are not trying to you know, keep him going after that. They've already been circling the drain on Joe Mixon this year. Seemed like they might have, you know, kicked, kicked the bucket down the road one more year. So I don't expect Mixon to be here long, which means he might have a really good year this, this year because they might just be like, all right, well, we're going to give him everything. We're not worried about his future. So we're just going to just run him into the ground. And that's kind of what I'm expecting. I think he's going to get a lot of the targets. Samaj P. Ryan's gone. I'm giving him 13% of the targets and a lot of, a lot of carries. I'm giving him the same efficiency he had last year in the receiving game. That's what I'm giving to him now. He had 78% of the running back carries in his games last year. That's actually somewhat surprising. I thought it was going to be lower because of how good P. Ryan was and because P. Ryan was, you know, somebody that was being used even when Mixon was healthy. But Mixon really dominated that share. He had 78% of the carries in the running back room. P. Ryan's not even, you know, somebody we have to worry about anymore because he's gone. And he wasn't replaced by a high investment. A round six running back is not going to worry me in terms of, you know, affecting Joe Mixon and how much of the carries he gets. So I think he's going to keep his ridiculous carry share. I'm projecting 75% of the carries to go to Joe Mixon. After you remove Joe Burrow's rushes and all the little gimmicky rushes to the wide receivers and other running backs, there's or not other running backs, between um, Joe Burrow and all the gimmicky wide receiver rushes, there's 320 left to go to the running back position. With Joe Mixon taking 75% of that, that's 240 carries. Now, the problem with Mixon is he's never been efficient, and I think Joe Mixon's career is going to be very reflective of what Najee Harris's career is going to look like because just not efficient running backs, but get good volume and in good offenses because I do think that Steelers offense is going to get better and better. So when we're looking at Joe Mixon, he's had one season above 4.1 yards per carry. He had a f- one season where he had 4.9 yards per carry. Everything else has been 4.1 or worse. The offensive line improvement 
with the addition of Orlando Brown does have me bumping him above all of those years except for the 4.9 yard per carry year. I'm giving him 4.2 yards per carry. It would be his second best career year in efficiency. The offensive line is probably the best offensive line he's behind, and he's still got those weapons around him. I'm giving him 8 of the 11 rushing touchdowns to the running back position. With the 13% target share and similar receiving um, receiving efficiency and what we just talked about carry-wise, it's going to bring Joe Mixon out to 80, reception, 80, 80 targets, excuse me, 64 receptions, 446 yards, two touchdowns, and then 240 carries, 1,008 rushing yards, and eight rushing touchdowns, a total of about 1,450 yards, so about like 85-ish yards per game, and 10 touchdowns, 15.8 points per game. He's my running back 15 to 17-ish. He is back-to-back with the guy that I think is going to be very similar in terms of his career, Najee Harris. So they're back-to-back. I will take Najee because Najee is younger, and we don't know 100% that he's not an efficient back because he had a horrible offensive line and then he had a list rank injury. So maybe he's he's a lot better. So I do prefer Najee, and I will take Najee over Joe Mixon every single time. Plus, there's not as many questions surrounding off-field either. So Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, both kind of back, back-to-back for me in that running back 15 to 17 range. Both are high-volume, inefficient running backs as of right now. Now let's talk about the wide receivers. This is mainly what the purpose of this podcast is. Jamar Chase, he missed four games in the middle of the season. He had lower numbers efficiency-wise in year two than year one. Now, this is something that's interesting that I kind of did like a little mini study on and was kind of just looking around. And I'll use A.J. Brown as like a very recent example. I was, and actually I think Mike Evans is another good one. I was curious because of how ridiculously efficient Jamar Chase's rookie year was. I was curious if he would ever be able to top that in terms of efficiency, not overall numbers, but efficiency. I don't think he will be able to. Jamar Chase was extremely explosive and broke huge plays way too often as a rookie, completing a whole bunch of outliers. He had 18 yards per reception, which is one of the highest ever, right? 18 yards per reception on 81 receptions. That is 11.4 yards per target because of his target rate as well that is unheard of for a rookie that's getting that much volume 81 receptions to have 18 yards per reception over those 81 receptions is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous it's so ridiculous that last year he had 12 yards per reception that is a huge drop he lost 35 percent he only had 7.8 yards per target last year compared to 11.4 as a rookie. I don't think he's ever going to get back to that rookie efficiency. If he did with the targets that he's getting now, he would be by far and away the wide receiver one. Not close. But he had 13 touchdowns, receiving touchdowns as a rookie with 18 yards per reception. I don't think he's ever going to get close to that in terms of efficiency. And then I was like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, though. You know, for somebody their rookie year to be their best year, I looked at A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's a stud. He's a beast. He's in a great offense. He's got Jalen Hurts. Like, a great situation, way better than what he had in Tennessee. In Tennessee, his rookie season has been his most efficient season by far in his whole career. So I think it's almost like the effect of people just kind of sleeping on these rookie wide receivers when they come into the league, not paying them as much attention as they should be on the defensive side of the ball, stuff like that. And 
I mean, I don't really know. Other than that, I don't know what other factors might come to play. Maybe rookie wide receivers are super hungry because it's their first year in the league and they fight and fight and have a much stronger will than they do in the future. I don't really know. I mean, now we're just drawing like random guesses, which I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of. So other than the fact that, you know, the defenses aren't going to be paying them as much attention and they might not be seeing, seeing wide receiver one coverage, outside of that, I don't really know how to explain this thing that I've noticed. But, you know, that's how it was for Mike Evans too. Mike Evans is a rookie, had 12 touchdowns and had a huge yards per reception and was breaking things all the way home, taking them home for huge touchdowns, just like, you know, what Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown did in their rookie years too. And so it's a, something a little bit weird to keep an eye on. Don't just... If you're trying to do your own projections and stuff, don't be like, oh, he was a rookie here. He's going into his third season. He's got a great situation. He's going to be even better than he was as a rookie. It's not going to happen. But with that said, he had 9 out of 27 touchdowns last year, which is 33% of the targets. He had or 33% of the touchdown market share, I should say, and he had 29% of the team's targets. That is the elite range. It's the elite wide receiver range. Anything above like 27 28%, you're getting to that elite territory because he has good weapons around him. If he had like a bunch of garbage weapons around him, 29% could mean, you know, hey, you're just a really good wide receiver. We don't have anybody else to throw the ball to, but they have very good options and he's still got a 29% target share. Jamar Chase is elite and you can tell in that way. So what am I projecting for him to have this year? Well, to get to that, we got to look at a couple other things. He's coming back healthier. He's in year three. I think he gets better from last year's numbers. It's, like I said, unlikely that he repeats the efficiency of his rookie year. And I project him to keep his 29% target share. There's not much room for improvement here because they have very good weapons around him, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Those could respectively be a wide receiver one and wide receiver two on most NFL teams. I'm projecting Jamar Chase to have the same 64% catch rate that he had last year, but I'm projecting his yards per reception to bump up from 12 to 13.6, increasing his yards per target from 7.8 to 8.7. He is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He should have a yards per target that reflects that. Now, it's not going to reflect it straight up because when you're a wide receiver who gets a whole bunch of targets, it's hard to have as high of you know an efficiency as if you got less targets. But the combination of his 29% target rate with a 8.7 yards per target is reflective of his elite status, and that is what I'm projecting for him. I'm giving him 12 touchdowns this year, 33%, just like what he's been getting, 33% of the the touchdown market share. He's got 177 targets, 114 receptions, 1,545 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns. That is 20. Excuse me, that is 20 points per game. He's my wide receiver four in redraft. He is my wide receiver two in Dynasty, and I actually made a trade for him recently, which I can tell you guys about. So I have this one team that I'm ready to go all in on. It's actually very young, too, which is nice. I am I have opened a winning window in my Dynasty League from hitting on some very good trades over the past two, three years. Now I, I've gotten pretty deep squad, a, a deep squad that's been young as well. But I'm trying to create the best starting lineup possible. And if I, it means I have a little bit less depth, I'm okay with that because I want firepower in my starting lineup. And so I have T. Higgins, and I have Devonta Smith, and I have... So my wide receivers in that league are Garrett Wilson, uh, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, um, who else is it? Jalen Waddell, 
Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I had six really good wide receivers, relatively young, Chris Godwin being the oldest at 27. And because of that, I was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to start all of these guys every single week. I want to upgrade to some extreme explosive player like a Jamar Chase. So I gave up T. Higgins. I gave up Devonta Smith. And I gave up a first-round pick for Jamar Chase and Kendra Miller. So, you know, you can kind of say the first-round pick, like if you want to make it easier to understand the deal, let's make that first-round pick a second-round pick and that the difference can cancel out with Kendra Miller, right? Because he's like a top-of-the-second type of guy. So basically, I traded us a late second-round pick and T. Higgins and Devonta Smith for Jamar Chase is pretty much what it was. And some people might think that's overpay. Some people might think it's a steal. It just depends on how you think of Dynasty. I think it was a fair value for me and the person I made the trade with. They're getting depth. They're getting two really good young players. I'm getting a, a young player, which I also have. Um, or no, I don't have Joe Burrow in this league. But I'm getting a young player in Jamar Chase who's extremely explosive, has already showed his elite status, and is going to score about five points per game, six points per game more than his counterpart, T. Higgins. So, And we're going to talk about T. Higgins. There's some things that I, I saw that were very concerning for T. Higgins, but only for this year, not for dynasty purposes. Because I think if as a T. Higgins owner, who we're about to talk about, you're going to want him to go to a different team. You're not going to want him to stay in Cincinnati. Yes, it's a great situation in terms of good offense and great quarterback. However, he's not ever going to. With how good Jamar Chase is, he's never going to get what he deserves targets-wise. So if you're a T. Higgins owner and you're holding, which I'm not doing, because I'm trying to, most of my dynasty leagues have hit their have hit their win now window. I think I only have one dynasty league right now where I'm still tanking or trying to rebuild. Um, everything else has hit the winning window. So in all the leagues that I had T. Higgins, I'm actually trying to move him because I don't think he's going to have a great year this year. I think he'll bounce back and be much better if he signs with a different team and is their wide receiver one is an alpha for them. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. And that's why I made that trade because I also have Devonta Smith kind of in the same bucket. He wasn't nearly as good with Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He's a dynamic weapon that they use. And when him and Devonta are on the field at the same time, Devonta loses a lot. So I was like, you know, I'll give up both of these guys who are wide receiver twos for a top three wide receiver. And then I can, you know, put Godwin off my bench or Juju off my bench into the lineup and and be fine and have upgraded my starting lineup. So that's just like a little insight into what I do in my my dynasty leagues. That was a trade I made recently. Now, let's talk about T. Higgins. I was the T. Higgins truther coming out of college. A lot of people were worried about him. A lot of people talked about him like they do right now about George Pickens. Oh, he doesn't get any separation. He's not a good route runner. Blah, 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 blah. So I got T. Higgins in many places, and that's why I'm able to sell him in a lot of places now. And like I said, I just sold him in a couple of different places because I think his perception will go down after this year, which will then create a buy window if he goes to another team. So if T. Higgins does what I'm expecting this year, people are going to be down on him all of a sudden. And if that's the case and he signs with another team, I would go scoop him up. I might just trade, you know, try to get him back in the leagues that I traded him away this year. Might try to get him back for a much lesser cost than what I just sold him for. We'll see. Now, why is that? Why do I feel this way, right? We're going to break it down. In games with Jamar Chase last year, this is really the main concern. It's very simple. In the games with Jamar Chase last year, T. Higgins averaged 16% of the targets. 
16% of the targets. That is horrible. He had 19% of the touchdowns. He had a 65% catch rate, 13.7 yards per reception, 8.9 yards per target. He's more efficient than Jamar Chase. He's getting much easier coverage than Jamar Chase, so it makes sense, and he's a really good wide receiver. I have no no issues, no doubts, no concerns on T. Higgins with his talent and his ability to produce you know, against NFL corners and in the NFL. My biggest deal is he's not going to get the target share that he was getting because Jamar Chase is there. And I did a little mini study. I was looking at, um, and the people that are in the Discord for Dynasty Rewind, you guys saw this. Um, I did a little bit of a study, and I can expand upon it later when I have more time and, you know, add more and more subjects to the pool of the study. But as of right now, I looked at a lot of wide receivers that we consider elite or have been elite. I did Mike Evans. I did A.J. Brown. I did um, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and CeeDee Lamb. I did those five running uh, wide receivers. And what I did was I looked at their target share in their first year and compared it to their counterpart wide receiver who was in the offense at the same time that was good. And that's why I chose those wide receivers because Mike Evans had Vincent Jackson, CeeDee Lamb had Amari Cooper, um, Jamar Chase had T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson had Adam Thielen, and A.J. Brown had Corey Davis, who was somewhat in the beginning of his career and was a high pick. So I, I did those five wide receivers, and I wanted to see how their target share increased, the rookie, from their year one to year two, and how it affected that wide receiver two who was good. And when I looked at that, I was surprised by how different the targets changed up from one, year one to year two. Okay, A.J. Brown, like all the rookie wide receivers, their target share that we consider elite wide receivers, their target share skyrocketed from year one to year two. And their counterpart, despite being good wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Vincent Jackson, like all these all these wide receiver twos being good, they all lost, almost all of them, except for Corey Davis. All of them lost a significant amount of targets. And that's what happened to T. Higgins. Even though T. Higgins is young and really good, Jamar Chase is just so elite that that's what happens when you have a wide receiver that is elite and finally starts earning those elite number numbers um, of targets. So T. Higgins dropped from like a 22% target share or 23% target share when in Jamar Chase's rookie season. And I would not have expected that. I would have thought T. Higgins, you know, keeps uh, above 20% target share. Nope. He went all the way down to 16% when Jamar Chase was on the field. So that's the problem, and it's a huge drop, 23 to 16. It's a 7% target difference, and I, I do think he's going to come up from that. It's not going to be that bad. Like I said, lost Samaj P. Ryan, lost Hayden Hurst. That's 100 targets on the table that are gone, haven't been really replaced, but most of, most of that is going to be replaced by other guys, not T. Higgins. And so I have his target share going from 16% last year with Jamar Chase to 18%, so it's up 2% from last year, and he's a very good wide receiver, but he's just not getting enough targets. If he was the number one in a different offense, he could get 140, 160 targets and be amazing. But that's not going to be the case in Cincinnati. So if you have T. Higgins in Dynasty, you want him to leave Cincinnati so he can get those targets. I'm giving him a similar efficiency from last year. I'm giving him 24% of the touchdowns on the team. I'm giving him a very effective, very efficient um, receiving efficiency just like last year with Jamar Chase on the field. 
And that's going to be 110 targets, which is the problem. 72 receptions, 995 receiving yards, and 9 receiving touchdowns. That's 13.3 points per game. He is a high-end wide receiver for me, but he's in a large tier of wide receivers. That goes all the way up to wide receiver 20. It's it's uh, started by Debo Samuel. So for me, at best, T. Higgins is a back-end wide receiver 2 this year. Unless Jamar Chase gets hurt. At best, T. Higgins is a back-end wide receiver, too. He's not a good value right now in redraft. His perception, to me, in Dynasty right now is higher than it should be. That's why I'm selling him. And see if you can sell him for guys like Drake London, who are ranked below him in Dynasty rankings. See if you can sell him for a Drake London and maybe a little bit on top. If not, I'm fine with a lateral move from Higgins to London because London is a little bit younger, and London doesn't have Jamar Chase in the offense with him. So, you know, hopefully London can take that you know that big step forward that target share huge step forward and you can also try to get guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba and a little bit on top Jordan Addison and a little bit on top Jerry Judy and a little bit on top Jahan Dotson a little bit on top Zay Flowers a lot on top you can try to make these trades with T Higgins because I think all of those guys we just mentioned London Jason Addison Judy Dotson Flowers those guys could have similar production to him but all of those guys are either younger have better target potential, or can, you can get something on top with them. And it's usually a combination of some of those things. So that's what I am trying to do with T. Higgins right now. Now, Tyler Boyd, let's talk about him. It's going to be real quick. He had 13% of the team's targets with Jamar Chase. He really took a hit um, from you know T. Higgins and Jamar Chase entering the offense over the past couple of years. But he also took a hit because tight end and running back usage has increased in that offense, you know, Hayden Hurst, Samaje Piran, Joe Mixon, all those guys, they started taking more targets than that offense used to give to those positions. And I, I believe with Hurst and Piran gone, it's unlikely that Boyd keeps such a small role of 13% of the targets. I have him getting 15%. He's got upside to get 17, 18%. I'm keeping his efficiency from last year with Chase healthy. Okay. He is going to have 92 targets, 69 receptions, 895 yards, and six touchdowns at 11.4 points per game. He's a wide receiver for Gone are the days of Boyd being a marquee piece of my teams. Tyler Boyd used to be one of the faces of deep dive fantasy football, and it was because, like Jarvis Landry in the past, like Robert Woods in the past, he has just been a extremely good volume play with consistency that people always underrated yearly and has been a wide receiver too multiple times. But with the better weapons, he's been relegated to a minimal role. It's pretty simple. So not as high on... Tyler Boyd. With that said, that's that's pretty much the Bengals, guys. So, you know, the biggest takeaway here for me is that there is a huge gap now between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins that was not existent in Jamar Chase's rookie year, despite Jamar Chase being better than he ever will be again in terms of efficiency as a rookie. And part of the reason was probably because Higgins was seeing a lot more number one coverage than Chase was, um, compared like compared to now. So, you know, T. Higgins is somebody I'm trying to move right now. He, his perception is high, and then see if you want to buy back in on him after if he moves to another team in next year's offseason. But as of right now, I'm moving off T. Higgins. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for everything, you know, all the support that you guys give me. Check us out at Dynasty Rewind. Check out the Patreon. The link is in my link tree. You guys can support me. You guys can get all my draft sheets with all the hard work. You can download them, use them, you know, to your, your liking. You can leave comments on things that everybody can see if you want. Um, you can just print them out and mark off, mark them off, use the tiers, use all that stuff once I'm done with it for your drafts. 
um, especially for redraft. But also, it's just nice to have like, hey, what's the the production going to be right now? Even if you're doing a dynasty draft, because you know there's a good chance that you're going to be trying to win this year, so you want to know how good somebody's going to be this year. So check that out. Thank you guys for listening in. Share the podcast with a friend. It, it means so much to me. Drop a rating, drop a review. Peace. Thank you.